0: Hey, this is Walt Flanagan, and you are listening to Jay and Silent Bob Minutes' coverage of Mallrats. Tell them, Jeff and Chris.
1: Dueling genre.
2: Welcome to the Jay and Silent Bob Minute, where we are covering the movie Mallrats one minute at a time. Today, we are covering Minute 10, which is quite possibly the greatest showman minute ever. I'm Jeff Ferry.
0: And I'm Chris Dercotch.
2: And I'm the Slycast's Craig Cohen. And we're in for another uh, action-packed minute. We had uh, we had some gunplay at the last minute. <laughs> and now we're, we're getting into some sort of, I don't know, it's like a sniper situation, I guess. Not what I expected in the movie called Mallrats.
1: <laughs> Can you really call it gunplay if it's a musket? <laughs> well, it, well, it's just one.
2: Just one gunplay, though. Just one. Round. I got a lot of questions here. I mean, we dealt with some of them uh, last week, but I got, I've got more. All right, so this minute begins with T.S. explaining his assassination attempt and ends with Svenning's check. Yeah, so uh, they've just jumped over a table. <laughs> We've, we had uh, one shot last minute, which uh, we discussed last minute. But I'll ask you, Craig. Um, so this was like some sort of event where they were all dressed like Minutemen. Why is the gun loaded
1: at all? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess maybe it was... Uh... They got maybe somebody that specializes in reenactments and, you know, they want it to be authentic.
0: Uh, I
1: don't know. It's a,
0: <laughs> it seems odd. Maybe they all shoot the blanks at one point in the play. Yeah, but are you
2: going to trust like 16, 17-year-old kids with blanks?
0: No, you're right.
2: Or well, I guess they're a little older,
1: 18, 19. Still. Yeah, still. That didn't get a whole lot better when I said 18, 19. No, it didn't. <laughs> No, you're actually probably better off with a 16-year-old than a 19-year-old. <sighs> Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of weird
2: things going on and just uh, as as we mentioned with all of our uh, people we've had on here at the beginning, this is the original shot beginning for Mallrats, which in the original cut it takes about 30 minutes to get to the mall. And it's the original amazing. cut was it's amazing. It's Mallrats and it's 30 minutes to get to the mall, and it was a 2-hour cut. So, when they went to Kevin, they were like, "Okay, we have a few problems. One, the 2 hours is no good." And two, the movie's called Mall Rats. They don't get to the mall for 30 minutes.
1: It's funny, you know, this movie came out really before the internet was, you know, widely accessible by people. And I remember me and my brother went to, like, a collectible show. It wasn't really a full-fledged convention. It was actually, like, the Freehold Mall. You remember, like, the malls when they used to just do, like, vendor weekends where, like, just a bunch of people would set up in the middle of the mall and sell shit?
0: Yeah.
2: I saw one like three months ago.
1: Yeah. So this one was like a a hobbies and collectibles thing and this one table had scripts and they had the Mallrat script. And at the time, you know, uh, you know, huge Kevin Smith fan. So uh I bought the script and I got it home and I started reading it and I was certain that it was a bootleg because of all this nonsense at the beginning with this this ball. And then when the DVD came out and it actually was a real sequence. It it really kind of blew my mind.
2: It it boggles the mind him coming off clerks and then writing that opening to his movie. <laughs> you know, you're what? so yeah, you're so used to him being like a self contained. Oh, I'll leave it all at the mall,
1: basically. Yeah. The the only thing that I I I've sort of picked up in hindsight and watching. Uh, it again for, for this podcast was, I know his intent was always to make what it, uh, the one producer called it a smart porkies, right? Or, you know, kind of Kevin's love letter to the, you know, the eighties. And this sequence definitely feels like it could have come out, you know, come out of a movie from the 1980s. And I'd say even more so than the rest of the movie. Yeah. I think where it suffers is, and this minute is a decent example of it
2: is, there's a lot of jokes that are missing. Like they're just, there's a lot of foul tips in here
1: and not a lot of home runs going out of the ballpark. <laughs> well, I mean, thank goodness but, you got Michael Rooker.
2: Uh, I mean, if Rooker is carrying a lot of water in this <laughs> minute, he's, he's doing a lot of heavy lifting because they don't give him much. Like the one, the one guy made me laugh because he yells out, like who is it? And the guy yells. I think he said he's a Syrian. Yeah. The, I'm the, like, wow, that is topical.
0: <laughs> T.S. says is, it's this is serious, and he said he just said he was there were Syrians. Syrians. <laughs> <laughs> Which back
2: then people were probably like Syrians, <laughs> like of the uh, the places we were having problems with in 1995. I would say Syria was probably pretty low on the list. <laughs> yes. But they have uh, they have managed to climb up the uh, the net ladder in the last few years. And yeah, there's some strange dialogue here, and then somebody asks, "Why is he dressed like a Minuteman?" And what is his response to it? That they're says, terrorists. They're, for go irony, ahead
0: for irony. For irony, your average terrorist is a showman first and a killer second. It does doesn't make mean? any sense. It Makes no sense. <laughs> Every terrorist is a showman first, apparently.
2: That's what I remember from all those terrorist videos. Is they're great. They're showmanship. It was like I felt like Hugh Jackman was up there singing a, a song to me. It would. They had so much showmanship. <laughs> They come out, do a little musical number, you know, cut somebody's head off, big finish. <laughs> oh, goodness. Also, I'm not impressed by uh, where these guys take cover. No. They uh, they jump behind what appears to be like a uh, a table that someone might get put through in a WWE match. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not going to stand up to any, any caliber of bullet, perhaps including a BB gun.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a folding table or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: looking for the Dudley boys to come out and pick it up.
0: <laughs> Devon, get the tables. <laughs> this also
2: shows, at least from my point of view, of like this is a movie. This is a. I realize it wasn't really a small budget movie. It was like three, four million dollars, which was a lot for him back then. I think it was more than that actually. Now that I, I think, it's what it made. It, it was cost more than that. But this screams like we didn't, we couldn't afford anybody else because there's gunfire. The governor gets knocked down, but the only people in frame are the four security guys. And then Rooker and her. And yeah. there's no other activity anywhere else. And there's nobody running around. <laughs> yeah. You know, it looks like Jeremy London and Claire Forlani were shot like two weeks later. <laughs> it's it's just a badly composed shot. Like, it's not great.
0: And why is Rooker like sniffing her leg the whole time? <laughs> it's really strange.
2: <laughs> he's just trying to have any bit of business. I mean, he she made some sort of snide comment to him last week about how they ended up. I mean, he is laying on her. I guess he's, uh, you know, he's providing physical protection even though he's not covering her head which is where he'd want to
0: be <laughs> at one point he literally grabs her skirt and kind of pulls it up a little bit too it's very weird
2: oh yeah I, I think he's just trying to i'm hoping he's just trying to gesticulate and accidentally gets it i'm hoping he's not just like taking his oh, yeah. opportunity to be a
0: creep <laughs> well it's pretty creepy his, his arms around her other leg and almost up her skirt if you look where his hand yeah. is
1: yeah he's got
2: his arms wrapped around her legs yeah it is very odd and, and this
1: wasn't even a play on Christine Todd Whitman, right? Because she wasn't even governor yet when this movie was filming in '95. One of our our long line of very successful governors we've had here in the Garden State. Well, she <laughs> took office in 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 '94, so I guess she when we were just filming this, yeah. So I mean, she
2: reminded d- me more. Of, she gives me a vibe of if you remember Animal House of the, dean's the wife. the dean's wife. Yeah, totally. That's who I that got. Is- yeah, she is one hundred percent of mine. She's like a little less. I mean, she's a little probably even a little more boozy, but she's a little less, I guess, dirty because she's not like really hitting on spending that much. <laughs> but yeah, she even kind of looks like her. And then uh Rooker does the typical movie thing of he wanders himself right into a trap, saying that he blames the parents.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, if you if you ever have kids, you realize that at some point in your life this will happen to you. <laughs> you will one hundred percent. As soon as you make a pronouncement about something your kids will never do, they will 100% do it to Oh, you. yeah. If you talk about how they're always good at restaurants, wait till the next time you go out because <laughs> you're about to have a meltdown. Probably in front of whoever you were bragging about last time to one of your other friends or to your parents or something. Like, oh, little Susie here is always the best when we go out, and then she just throws a friggin' plate on the ground and shatters it. Great. <laughs> now, thankfully, to this far, knock on wood, my kid has not performed any terrorist
1: acts, but, I mean... She's young still. I, I have a, 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 a thought that's been brewing in my head as we've been watching this minute is I understand that it took them 30 minutes to get to the mall. and But why wasn't this decision made like in pre-production? Like there was nobody that read the script and said, you know, this, <laughs> this really isn't working. The best is
2: when this all gets fixed, they cut this. Now, this, I say it takes 30 minutes to get to the mall, but that includes all the Brody stuff that's coming up too. But this chunk here at the beginning, now we're in minute 10, and we're still there when we're done this week. And I think it's close to 15 minutes when we finally move on to Brody. Yeah. yeah. That 15 minutes gets replaced with, like, what, a two-minute scene? Yeah, yeah. The scene where T.S. pulls up to the house. They do – They. I mean, they condense 15 minutes into two. And, yeah. <laughs> well, they a lot even of that change is, the
1: reason, too, as well. Yeah. That,
2: oh, we're just you – yeah, know, we're going down there. And that's when the whole Julie Dwyer thing comes up again about <laughs> her dying, <laughs> yeah. which – it didn't even occur to me that that's not in this version of the film.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You it's, never find out that they know about Julie Dwyer. So huh. is is there no indication in this cut of the film that it's supposed to take place what the day before Clark's? I don't think there is. Yeah. I don't think anything happens
2: to let you know that. The, I now I can't remember because I mean it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. You know it's been like a week. <laughs> the quick stop does appear in this cut. You do see it. And I cannot remember for the light, it's for like a second it, somebody drives past it or something.
1: Do you see the quick stop? Is it on the way to the dirt mall, maybe?
2: It or, or on the way to the actual mall? I can't remember which because there's a bunch of stuff that goes on at Brody's house too. Yeah, this it seemed like such a good idea, Craig, when we decided to do the extended cut until we watched it. <laughs> but I at the time I figured it would be interesting to do it because I'd seen I'd seen all this before, but I'd only seen it as the cut scenes. I'd never seen it actually as part of the movie, and I never thought that like later on they add a bunch of stuff back in that they had to cut because it, you know, it led back to the stuff that happened before, so it didn't make sense anymore. But yeah, I think a lot of this is because this was Kevin's second movie, and nobody knew to be like, um, yeah, we should probably do something here.
1: I mean, it was universal. I mean, it wasn't like it was a, you know, a a studio that didn't know
0: how to make movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It does seem like a lot of wasted footage if they weren't going to use it.
2: Uh, But I mean, at the end, the best part is, though, at the end of the day, they make the right decision. However much they, somebody had to eat it or however much they blew out all this stuff, they make the right decision. If for no other reason, is they cut the movie down to, like, 96 minutes. And I don't think – I don't know if Mallrats becomes as popular if, if it's this two-hour,
1: three-minute version. Oh, no way. No way yeah. it does. But also, like, I, can you imagine Michael Rooker's agent reading this? this opening sequence and saying this is perfect. Now I understand Michael Rooker at the time might not have been at the like the the, the best point in his career, but I'm not even sure what the best point in his career is. Right, right now. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well The Walking Dead, right? He was on right. that. And he, and he's in, uh, in a Guardians of the Galaxy. Or
0: Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, right, yeah. right.
2: Yeah, right now is his best is his best time. Right now and probably right when he broke with like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then after that, like, he did what? Like, Cliffhanger? Oh, yeah, he did. And then... and ha, like, Who could forget that cinematic classic? Yeah. But, I mean, like, seriously, I remember when I saw this in theaters, it was like, oh, hey, look, it's the dude from Cliffhanger, but he's yeah, bald. That's, right. that's who he would've, I would have known him for, too. It's like, hey, it's a guy from Cliffhanger.
2: And then he was, like, a lot of... He showed up as, hey, best friend or neighbor for a while. It does seem like on my radar, he disappeared for, like, a decade at one point. Now, I'm sure he was doing work that whole time, but, like... Just as far as I can think about it, I'm like, where did that guy go from like, you know, 97 to 2007?
1: All right. So let's see. I just pulled up Michael Rooker's filmography. where we look Internet, stupid because right? he did all this good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he did a bunch of stuff before, um, what? Or no, Henry, of a Portra- uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer was his first movie. What was that, um, 84? Uh, 86. Nah, I was close. <laughs> and then he did a bunch of movies. He did, uh, what, uh, he played man and bar in above the law. He was, uh, he had a substantial role in eight men out. Um, Mississippi burning sea of love days of thunder. Oh, days of
2: thunder. How could I forget?
1: Yeah. And <laughs> then he was thunder. one of the 8 million speaking parts in JFK. Well, yeah, he was the
2: guy. I do remember him from that. He's the guy that turns on, uh, Kevin Costner. Oh,
1: Oh yeah. yeah. In his office. He, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, oh, he says one
2: of the, my favorite lines ever. He says, uh, how do you know who your daddy is? Because your mama told you so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, also, Tombstone, and I'm not remembering him from Tombstone. I guess he was... Oh, he's hide. McMasters. He's um, mm-hmm. uh, he's one of the guys they pick up late in the game. Oh, okay. When they get... uh, they After all the up. brothers get shot? Yeah, so he gets like two
2: more guys to come with him when they go to hunt the cowboys. Yeah. And it's McMasters and one other guy.
1: Yeah. And I can't remember then, the other guy's name. And then he ended up in, in Mallrats. Man, he he's been working pretty steadily. I mean, he's got a pretty yeah. decent film. After Mallrats, yeah,
2: it looks like he's in a. T- oh my God, he was in Meet Wally Sparks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the Rodney movie, right? Oh yeah, with the uh, the, the. You you two need to get a room. You two need to get a warehouse.
2: Yeah, that was. It's not a. Uh, it's not good. I mean, I love Rodney Dangerfield, but uh, everything. And let's call Ladybugs the uh, the defining line. Of like, you can call ladybugs good or bad, depending on what you think, but everything after that is objectively bad. <laughs> and it just gets worse. I remember seeing Back by Midnight. You ever see that movie? Uh, it's not in the back. No, no, it's horrible. It. it is terrible. You don't even have to watch it. You can just look it up and look at the cover for it and know that like, oh, I don't want to see this ever. Yeah, he did it. It looks like in the time frame we were talking about, like that 10 years in there, he did a ton of work, but it was all like, I'm in one episode. I'm in a TV movie. You know, one episode of CSI Miami, like that kind of stuff. I was trying to see. I guess it's – and then he's on a TV show. It's really not until his recent coming out party where he really gets popular again. That's good because he always seemed like probably a nice person and a guy that could beat the crap out of me. He has both of those going on.
0: And we mentioned Walking Dead, but spoilers. He's been dead for like five seasons, hasn't he? (laughs) Yeah, spoiler alert. Come on. (laughs) (laughs)
2: From like the first season. Yeah. I would have rather he lived and the brother died, but (laughs) –
1: I mean, now granted, he was a horrible character on that show. Did you guys ever wonder why Svenning didn't have any hair?
0: Um, I did read that he was supposed to have brown hair for the movie, and they decided that bald was better for him.
2: Yeah, Kevin says on the commentary, I thought he wanted him to dye his hair gray, not brown. Oh, gray? They wanted him to, yeah. wanted him to dye his hair or something. And at some point, he was like, I'm just going to shave my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. It's a very interesting look. He pulls it off. Oh, yeah. But, all right. Well, before we leave, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to deny you any more the Minuteman scene. Craig, do you have anything more to speak about the assassination
1: attempt? Um, not really. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just ready to soldier on. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly a,
2: the 81 Reagan attempt, is it? Yeah, so now we're inside for like the last 20 seconds here of the governor coming through on a stretcher, which I'm sure Chris will back me up here, reminded me of the end of Clerks when they're wheeling out the dead body. <laughs>
0: You mean when he had the giant uh, boner?
1: Yeah,
2: there that's when. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't have to hear about her. Uh, you know, any of her parts.
1: But she also she she dangles that that check for a really long time. I know, I know, it's uh, not this minute where we get the reveal, but like all spending had to do was just grab that check, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, she does. She holds it up there for ten <laughs> seconds, like again, like a parent torturing their child with something. I'm like, oh, here, you want this? Well, grab it, grab it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if he snatched out of her hands, those crappy bodyguards would have beat him up. <laughs> yeah, it's an odd scene. This is this is another part where we'll get into it next minute with the Minuteman stuff into this. It's just, even if you were going to include these scenes, they go on for far too long. It's like nobody, even if this was all going to stay in the movie, you had to trim this up. Yeah. It, it, like, you don't mind, need all of this. It's mind-boggling. There <laughs> we go. I'm just surprised that, yeah, I'm surprised that they shot all that. And they sat down and looked at it, and somebody was willing to make the call of, like, let's just cut all of this.
0: I found that thing I read about his hair. Oh, I just lost it. Never mind. Oh, good work, Chris. <laughs> yeah, good research.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, the only thing I can. I mean, this is even more uh, stuff getting lost, but it reminds me of Back to the Future when they shot for, what, five weeks?
1: Oh, Eric Stoltz? yeah.
2: Yeah, and then they were like, this isn't working. <laughs> we're going to reshoot five weeks. Who's the poor bastard has to call Universal and say, um,. <laughs> So,
1: yeah, we're gonna. Well, need... At least there, you had Steven Spielberg, who is is probably one of the only guys at that time that could call Universal. Yeah, and it's like uh, he
2: probably didn't ask. He probably just said, "Well, we're doing this," mm-hmm. and they were like, "Well, um, whatever, Steve." I mean, <laughs> our we basically only exist at this point because you make movies for us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Here we go. I found it again. You ready? Two days before they were supposed to start shooting mall rats, Rooker went to the salon to get his hair dyed salt and pepper gray. He sat in foils all day, and when they rinsed the bleach out, his hair was completely orange. On top of that, the bleach had burned his scalp, so he had little chemical burns on his head, too. Then Rooker went into Jack's hotel room to play it off like he was going to be Mr. Svenning with orange hair, and he wound up shaving his head after that. But his head was burned wow. by bleach and covered in little pieces of the toilet paper when he got there, where he nicked himself <laughs> shaving. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I love when something goes wrong and it ends up being okay. All right, well, I don't think we
0: need to torture ourselves this minute anymore. Chris, do you have anything left? Um, just on the wall there. You see it behind the, over the fireplace? Oh, the words. Yeah, it says we must train as many as we can, hoping good things of all, and expecting great things from some. <laughs> and I looked it up, and I can't find that quote anywhere. It sounds like typical college nonsense quotes Yeah. <laughs> Where, like,
2: that quote makes no sense. But, like, if they were like,
0: Thomas Paine said this. Ooh, he's wondering. so smart. Who is that painting of above that above them words? That's what I'm wondering.
2: Where are you looking at a painting?
0: Right yeah. above the words, there's a painting, but you can only see the bottom of it. It's a portrait of somebody. Yeah. You see his hands.
2: Well, if you know who the portrait is, uh, go to the Jane Silent Bob Quicker Stop <laughs> and tell us who you think the portrait's of. If you don't actually know who the portrait's of... Just make a funny guess.
0: Yeah, make something is. up. I was hoping Jeff yes. was going to make something up anyway.
2: <laughs> um, judging by the hands, it looks like it's Nosferatu.
0: <laughs> okay, we're going with that. It doesn't sound like a quote from Nosferatu, but we'll go with that. <laughs> Whatever.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, Craig, why don't you let everybody know where they can uh, run into you on the internet?
1: Uh, I think the best place to go is uh, t- my Twitter, which is Mr. Craig Cohen, and that's Mr. with an MR. It's got a link to all my podcast appearances, including this one, um, as well as all the other stuff I'm I'm involved with. And I do follow back. Hey, Chris, uh, where could they find us?
0: Uh, I'm not going to say what I said in the last couple of minutes. You can go to (laughs) at where we did Clerks one minute at a time, or you can go even further back and find our first one, which was the Burbs Minute, which if you just Google that, you'll find it anywhere.
2: All right. I think that's it for us. Look out, Chris. It's the Syrians.